Hello everyone and welcome. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Gut Wrench Podcast. I'm your host, Mocha. Despite what James Ellsworth says, it's not Mocha. Nonetheless, there was a There was a event earlier today. Oh, never mind. It's it wasn't earlier today. That's uh that's on me. It was last night. No. Well, I watched it last night. Let's put it that way. So, I watched it last night and um we're going to review it. It is my first, it is actually my introduction to NXT War Games. I'm looking for the right page. And I found it. The right page on my notes, that is. The hype package. Honestly, whenever I was watching this, the hype package had me, um, had me going through some emotions. I was like, oh, okay, this seems pretty good. This is actually... Uh, well put together. It looks well edited, and for that matter, I I like the energy. I like the the um the pizzazz, if you will. I enjoyed watching the hype package the hype package to the NXT event that I was seeing. It seemed uh, well put together, well edited. Uh, it was loud at times. It was quiet at times. It was. Um, it, it had a good feel and a good energy to it. I couldn't keep up with it for the life of me. Let me tell you, because I was, I was like, oh god, they're going all over the place. But that was the beginning hype package, nonetheless. Um, Beth Phoenix um, struggles to talk over. Over the music, so they've got this blaring music playing, and for whatever reason, Beth Phoenix is trying to trying to um talk over it. Like she's got a microphone, she's trying to talk over it. And um, for whatever reason, she's like screaming like this, like yeah, I can feel the excitement right now, and everybody is is on their feet, and and. NXT, you know, she she felt like she was all over the place, and from what Wade Barrett said, it was going to be her last um, night um, on NXT. Not sure what that means. Maybe she's going away. Maybe she's retiring again, this time as a commentator. But I had like three or four different... There's a reason that this is coming up at 7, maybe 8 o'clock, it's going to be dropped maybe 8 o'clock on Thursday night, is because I had to go through so much crap to get this episode done. Um, first, I had to go poop, um, and that happened twice. For those of you who don't know, I live with no water, so... Unfortunately for me, I have to go to public bathrooms whenever I 
go to do my business or whatever. I know what you're thinking. That's a little too much information, but um, take it as you, you will, you know. Um, take it to that to that um extent and to that level. And I'm trying to also manage my cats right now and make sure that they stay out of trouble because like last week they wanna act like little little bombshells tonight and I'm not sure why. <clears throat> Nonetheless, despite any of that, Beth Phoenix um struggling to talk over the music and she screams despite despite her having a microphone she like I said she was really uh screaming why couldn't they just stop the damn music or for that matter just turn it down a little bit and this is a little nitpick for me like I said this is my first ever time watching a war games and the last time that I'd ever seen like anything resembling a war games was kind of like WCW and I'd seen um previews for it but I never really seen the match itself but it was like mm, how do I say this how do I say this how do I say this it was like two rings uh, a steel cage and uh it it was kind of like uh all over the place because they had like 12 or 14 guys in the ring at the same time and I'm pretty sure uh Vader Vader uh got put into a um electrical chair maybe there were a lot more electrical chairs that I remember or that I don't remember rather is what I should say but I do remember Vader getting put into a, an electrical chair, and that was kind of that. But WWE went PG, and they thought, okay, well, we can build a lot more suspense if we have them um, away from the um, proverbial match. This is kind of like Impact Wrestling, in a way, because Impact Wrestling had a uh, match called... Okay, so I don't know what it's called, but I do know the participants in it, and I do know that for some reason, um, that the match that I'm thinking about had, I know that it had two people in it for sure. It had Creed, um, I'm drawing a blank as to, but he, he's today Xavier Woods, and, um, the second person was, um, Chris Saban. Now, Saban at the time was a part of the Motor City Machine Gun, so this could have been a tag team match of some sort. Uh, the referee, for some reason, kept locking um, one participant in a phone booth for a duration of period while uh, two other competitors battled it out for um, control over a hanging contract of some sort. And, like I said, that's a lot like Impact Wrestling, in a way. Like, I'm not saying that they took inspiration from that. And in my opinion, this is just my stupid opinion, once again. I know that WWE kept, like, participants in the shark cages. 
if that's that's what they're calling them, but um, kept participants in the shark cages in order to like build suspense. Like think about an elimination chamber, for instance. How it builds suspense knowing that uh, the next person to come out of the chamber is, or the Royal Rumble, the next person to come out of the Royal Rumble is, because you, the fans, don't have a full list of what order that people are going to come in and come out of. All you know is, hey, I'm expecting this set of superstars, and I hope that maybe these three, these four win. And I'm hoping that maybe one or two guys don't win. Had that been the case, though, like I was trying to say, and I'm trying to explain this in the best way possible, once again, this is my opinion, but the match, the War Games match overall, would go a lot smoother, I'm not saying better, but I'm saying a lot smoother if there was an elimination um, element. Um... That's how you build even more suspense. Not to wait. Like, the the whole premise was kind of silly for me. To sit there and watch it, and I was like, okay, so the match hasn't started yet, but they're still, they're getting their, their hits in and what what have you. And this is the women's um that we're going to be talking about first. The women's war game match. Or the women's war games match, rather. And for whatever reason, I found myself scratching my head. Um, sitting there thinking. I even had to draw, like, a box. Like, I drew two boxes to tell me um, which team is, or who is on which team. Because there was action, Fast and Furious, and just keeping up with the commentary, let alone everything else was really um exhausting. I have to sit there and then just listen to everybody uh go on and on and on about inside politics and how toxic attraction toxic attraction was like um the the leaning point. They really drove home the point to not talk about the the action that was happening in the ring. They chose to talk about politics um, that had been happening weeks before and weeks prior, rather than talking about, like, the action that was happening in the ring, unless it was, like, something really, really major, like Io Shirai, for instance, um, trying to pop her uh, teammate's um, shoulder back into place and preventing the EMTs from coming in. Um... There, there was like a lot to, because uh, her teammate. Hang on, I'll find. Uh, Cora Jade, uh, Cora Jade had put um, J.C. Jane through a table. J.C. Jane of uh, Toxic Attraction, and. Me, I was sitting there like, this is something else. I mean, I've never seen a young lady as as young, I shouldn't say. I've never seen a young lady, um, a woman's wrestler, if you will, 
And this ties into what we were talking about last week. I'm glad that I talked about that last week, actually, about um, women's wrestling and how it's been revolutionized <clears throat> as of late. And I remember something along the lines of something known as a Divas Revolution. But the Divas Revolution, it was kind of laughable, if you think about it, because even then they were known as divas and not ladies, not women, you know? it's um They've come a long way, let's put it that way. The Fabulous Moolah and... Oh man, this is really disrespectful, but I can't remember the woman's name. Mae Young. God dang it. I swear, that's really disrespectful. Just that that slight hesitation. Mae Young. You'd figure that I would remember that name because her last name is Young and she's really old. You know, that's a, that's a good way to remember it. But um, Mae Young and uh, the Fabulous Moolah really... Um, I don't want to say raise the bar, but for, for them to create a platform for women's wrestling and then see it get lifted to the level that it is today, one of the most beautiful things that you will ever see in your entire life in your entire existence if you've ever turned on the tv and watched professional wrestling if you've ever opened up a magazine and read about charlotte flair read about uh, becky lynch who was 2016's wrestler of the year um it was or still is to this day they're they're creating stepping stones I don't know if you've seen it or not, but for one of WWE's video games, they had a uh, commercial where it shows Hogan talking to Austin, and Flair's on the other side of Hogan and Austin, and um, Roman Reigns, and um, God dang it, um, Seth Rollins, and they're all like in this picturesque, if you will, like a, a um, dining room table of some sort. And it looks like that they're shooting the breeze when all of a sudden Becky Lynch comes down from the rafter and she breaks the glass ceiling, quite literally. There's a glass ceiling and she breaks it. And then whenever she comes down, she says, she shrugs, and then she looks at Austin, Hogan, and Flair and says, sorry about your glass ceiling. That right there is the literal term being used. She broke the glass ceiling, which is a term referring to a... a standard that was set by someone else which it's funny that Hogan Flair and Austin would all three be beside of each other when she said that 
because that's three generations, that's three eras that have come and gone in wrestling. And I've lived through all three of them, and I don't even feel that old. But nonetheless, for Becky Lynch to practically, and I won't say on her own, but to be the one-woman army that she is, to set a standard, it's mind-boggling. I hope one day I can interview her. Just give me something, you know, with Becky Lynch's name on it. But this match, even after putting somebody through a table, after seeing somebody's arm get broke, or not broke, but out of place. So if you guys don't know if... So any nurse at a school, or anything like that, anybody who takes common anatomy will tell you that if your shoulder... Take Finn Balor, for for example. I almost said for existence. Finn Balor, for example, who, um, whenever he won, he, he talked about it in an interview. Whenever he beat Seth Rollins to become the uh, Universal Champion, the first ever Universal Champion, or whatever the story to that was... Um, he broke something in there. Um, I'm pretty sure it was like his, his shoulder he was talking about. In that interview, he mentioned that <clears throat> there was a, a tendon, a bone, and a ligament. And whenever the bone slapped, slips, not slaps, but slips past the tendon, um, you can feel it. But if that's all that it is, is a, a slipped ligament past that tendon, then you can put it back with enough force. When Rollins hit him with that buckle bomb through the, um, barricade it wasn't through the barricade but it was like on the barricade when Rollins hit that it ruptured something in Finn's um um shoulder I think he talks about it a little bit and that's what Io Shirai was trying to do with um Cora Jade Sorry, I've never really seen these people before, and I know that it's a little bit, like, it's disrespectful that I can't remember Mae Young's name, for that matter, but it's a little bit disrespectful to have to look at my notes and then say, oh, what's her name? Because I hadn't seen her before. I, I promise you, I'm a true wrestling fan here. I am a true wrestling fan. So once she goes through the table, though, they just... I got two spicy, spicy pages of notes for this one match. So once she goes through the table, the crowd's just... I swear this crowd is so freaking um, alive. They're so passionate. And it shows, too. 
the crowd starts chanting, chanting, holy shit. And um, for me, I wrote down, that's not PG. And they didn't, like, blur it out, or for that matter, they didn't, they didn't, like, try to censor it in any way. You'd figure it being on, I would say, I would say the WWE Network, but it being on Peacock and them trying to keep all of their programming PG, that they would at least try to censor something. But I guess they've got more important things to worry about at this time. Sorry, I'm having to fondle with my cat right now. It's trying to get a corn dog that's in my backpack. And I keep telling it that it's not its corn dog. It's my corn dog. Nonetheless, um, JC Jane is put through a table and a fire extinguisher. It's used on the opponent of the uh, Team Toxic. I wish I would have wrote down who used the fire extinguisher. Because I, I wrote down Cora Jade puts... uh, or Yeah, Cora Jade puts JC Jane through a table. And then after that it says uses a fire extinguisher on her opponents of Team Toxic. Io Io no that's not her name. Eo uh I can barely read my own handwriting. I do apologize, ladies and gentlemen. My handwriting is uh ferocious. Yeah, Eo pops uh Eo, holy crap. Io Shirai pops uh, Cora Jade's uh, shoulder back into place, but it's still it's still sore spot after the uh, after that moonsault off the top cage onto onto the Jade J C Jane. Okay, so. I want to ask my audience a question right now. I underline this because I thought that it would be relevant. <clears throat> and it might just be very, very relevant. According to... One of the commentators, I'm not sure whether it's Wade Barrett or um, who exactly said it. You know, I know two out of the three commentators on the commentator's desk, on the commentator's desk, rather. Um, and for me, I don't, I don't recall what I'm about to tell you guys. But Mandy Rose has competed 
at Elimination Chamber. Now, whenever they say that, do they mean that Mandy Rose has competed in Elimination Chamber? Or do they mean that Mandy Rose has competed at the Elimination Chamber event? Because that's the way that they worded it, too. Mandy Rose has competed at Elimination Chamber. Not in Elimination Chamber. And honestly, once the match got started, it was high-octane action. It was beautiful. And I've spent the last 25 minutes talking about it just because there's so much to cover. And I wish that I would have wrote down who was using the fire extinguisher on who. But that that's neither here nor there. I guess. But um, it was a surprising ending, too. Like, you would have never expected... Um... JC... Uh, you would have never expected uh, Cora Jade to actually be able to pick up the uh, win for her team. And uh, I guess that means that Team Toxic is eventually going to have to give someone a... A title match. And here's here's something else. Gigi Dolan and JC Jane are the um NXT women's champion. NXT tag team women's champion rather. Kaylee Ray uses the Widow's Peak on Dakota Kai. That's also interesting. Because they don't call it the Widow's Peak. They call it something else. And, I mean, if you want to be really um, technical about it, that's not even called the Widow's Peak. It's basically a um, a reverse... Or not a reverse, but an inverted in in some way or another. It's, it's like a... Um, what's it called? What's it called? A gory special. Made famous by... Gory Guerrero, maybe? Maybe? Um, <clears throat> um, this one I really didn't care too much for. But once you get into it, into this, and then you figure out that... Oh, never mind, never mind. Uh, uh, rewind that. Because this one right here was the best match on... The, you notice the excitement in my voice. The best match on the card, bar none. And I suppose that that's just my opinion. But if it is my opinion, then I want it to be known that it is indeed my opinion. The fact is that this match right here takes the cake for the best match of the night. It got 5 out of 5 stars. Even though I don't know who 3 fourths of the people in the match are. The only person that I have a previous recorded um, history with. That I know who they actually are. Because I've watched 
their actual matches is Kyle O'Reilly. O'Reilly is the only one that I knew, hey, you know, I know who that is. Because I've watched him in past NXT events. Hell, I've watched him since Ring of Honor, as a matter of fact. Um, But anyway, Kyle O'Reilly and Von Wagner, whoever the fuck that is, face off against Marcel Bartel. And Fabian Inkner? I know that I'm pronouncing his name wrong. But I had it wrote down here as Fabian Archer. And I know that that's not his name either. So I'm just going to call him Fabian from here on out. Because I thought it was spelled Archer. For whatever reason. European spellings and all that. I bet it's Eichner though. You know? Just because, it, I mean, it looks like it could be Eichner, but I'm I'm not a hundred percent sure. But um, had that been the case, Marcel Bartel and Eichner, and I only had okay, so I only had one very very big nitpick in this match right here. <clears throat> And if you're a wrestling fan, this might piss you off a little bit. If you're like a true wrestling fan. Because it's it's almost like being disrespectful to um, the Legion of Doom. The Road Warriors, rather. However you remember their name. that They were like Legion of Doom and WWF, but they were Road Warriors over in WCW. Um, whichever one that you want to call them. The match ends with a doomsday device, but it's not a doomsday device because they call it something else and it's kind of like an inverted or modified, if you will, um, doomsday device, you know, it's kind of like not exactly the doomsday device, but it's close enough to be considered the same move, you know? Okay, so back to what I was saying earlier about the whole I didn't care much for this match just because... Okay, okay, so so this one right here felt rushed. You know, the next match that we're going to talk about, I could probably sit down and give you a three-page, maybe even a five-page essay on why it's a bad match, why it's a bad idea. Allow me to elaborate just a little bit more, and I'll paraphrase and not make it a five-page essay. So, the first hair versus hair match that I ever seen was um, Kurt Angle face-off against Edge. And Angle said in an interview... Um, once upon a time that Edge hadn't came, came to the arena yet and read the card to know uh, where his placement on the card would be. And Edge, for whatever reason, thought that he was going to lose the match. And like I said, this is a hair versus hair match. And 
Edge came up to Kurt Angle and he was asking, listen, listen, Kurt, can we please change the match? Can we please, like, Kurt, I don't have many redeeming qualities about me. He's like, my hair is, like, the only thing that that gets the girl's attentions, you know? And then he's, like, pleading with Kurt Angle to to please not shave him bald because Edge doesn't know what the end of the match was going to be. And then Kurt said that he looks at Edge and then he tells him, relax, man. Um, I'm done playing stick with you. He says, you're winning tonight. And then Edge is like, oh my God, I dodged a bullet there. Because back in the 90s, Edge had this long, flowing, um, blonde hair, you know? He came out, it was waving all over the place. He had bangs for days, let's put it that way. The second, the second hair versus hair match, and if I'm being honest, I wanted to make the second hair versus hair match that I've ever seen in my entire life. I wanted to make that my debut was watching WrestleMania 21. Um, WrestleMania goes Hollywood, if I remember correctly. Um, I wanted to make that because it was the first WrestleMania that I'd ever watched. And that being said... The first WrestleMania that I ever watched. It was 23. It wasn't 21. It it had to be 23. So either way though. I just want to make sure that I get it right. You know. The hair versus hair match with. Um. McMahon and and um Donald Trump, right? And the point of that match was to shave one billionaire bald. You know the point of that match It was. It was WrestleMania 23. Um, they called it the Battle of the Billionaires. Back then, though, if I'm being 100% with you guys, um, and I, I obviously am, back then, though, I didn't know that Donald Trump wore a toupee. I was under the impression that there was no feasible way whatsoever that Donald Trump was going to be able to win. And to my dismay, whenever I seen the fact that he got... I thought McMahon could not lose. You know, like, I thought that it would be enough of a deterrent for McMahon to put himself if what I mean to say is that if 
Vince McMahon was to say, hey, I'm going to put myself in a wrestling match or I'm going to put something that's mine on the line, you know, I'm going to put a reputation or for that matter, even something as little as his hair or his money on the line, then he was bound to win because it's his world. But I was so naive I was kind of mad, actually, because I just didn't understand how McMahon could lose. But years later, I learned something. I learned that Donald Trump wears a toupee. He's already bald. It would make no sense for this man to be shaved bald if he's already bald. But anyway... The hair versus hair match against Duck, Duck, holy crap, Duke Hudson and Cameron Grimes was a sleeper. It looks as though that it was put together last minute, you know, like they were like, oh crap, we forgot to do something with these two idiots. Uh, what do you say that we do? Um... Uh, I don't, I don't know. Um, throw baloney at the wall and let's see what we hit. And then they, they do the office chair thing that I've talked about before on my YouTube channel. <clears throat> they do that. And then they hit a hair versus hair match whenever they stick the uh, peanut butter on the piece of baloney. If you've been following me for quite some time, then you know what I'm talking about. If not, then... You know, you, you're not in on the joke, and that's that's okay. That's that's okay, too. Nonetheless, what I mean to say is that it starts to become incredibly obvious that they kind of rushed this one because it, it's... They could have very well had a casket match and it not make as much sense. They could have had a ladder match. It wouldn't have made as much sense because there's... Two rings for one reason or another. And honestly, they tricked me too. Because up until the Roderick Strong, um, Joe Gacy match, I was under the impression that there was only one ring and that they had taken the other ring and dismantled it. Only to put it back up again. But I didn't see it until the camera panned away which is our next match on the card now a little bit of backstory here but I don't know if you guys know I don't know if you guys know this or not but there is a man who raped little boys excuse my language who raped little boys um back in the 80s and the 90s and he did quite a few other things as well um he dressed up like a clown he called himself pogo he showed up to kids birthday parties um he killed upwards of 30 kids
by playing a simple game of can you get out of these handcuffs. That man's name is John Wayne Gacy. Now, if you don't already know who John Wayne Gacy was before this podcast began, or if you've stuck around for this long to find out who John Wayne Gacy is and now you're on your phone typing in the man's name to try to figure out more information because I just gave you a little bit of a uh, taste of who John Wayne Gacy is and yes, it is relevant to what I'm going to be talking about wrestling match-wise. Cruiserweight Championship Match. Now, when this match started, I paused it and I made a prediction that it made no sense for Roderick Strong to lose. And I was right. Simply because WWE tends to... There was a storyline back in WWE. Yes, it is relevant. Don't worry, we're going to get to that. And then I'll get back to the John Wayne Gacy. Um, There was a storyline back in WWE's uh, video game 2007. Smackdown vs. Raw 2007. The point, of course, that I'm driving at is that in that storyline, you play as Rey Mysterio when Rey Mysterio wins the World Heavyweight Championship and Teddy Long comes out and says, no, 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 you can't do that, Rey. You can't be the World Heavyweight Championship. Or you can't be the world heavyweight champion because you're not a heavyweight player. He says, but what I will do is I'll let you hold the cruiserweight title because that's why we have weight divisions. And going off of that logic and that logic alone, Roderick Strong faces off against a Joe Gacy. Joe Gacy is 245 pounds, and Roderick Strong is 205 pounds or under. The point that I am driving at, ladies and gentlemen, aside from the John Wayne Gacy thing, um, Joe Gacy looks a lot, and I mean resemblance-wise, Joe Gacy looks a hell of a lot like the serial killer from the 90s, John Wayne Gacy, and it is scary. The fact that he looks the part, and not only does he come out in like this, almost like he's a prisoner of, of some sort, like, did you see his clothes? It was like a zip-up, um, one of those things that, like, I don't, I don't want to call it a onesie, but, like, they wear on Orange is the New Black. And on top of that, <clears throat> back to, back to the video game thing, um, in that game, Teddy Long, I, I think it's funny, Long says... It would be like me letting you hold, talking to Rey Mysterio, me letting you hold the World Heavyweight Championship would be like 
having one person as the tag team champions. And then I'm just like, all right, all right, whatever. Forget it. You know what? I got 15 minutes left. Well, I, I might, it, it might go a little bit over. Who cares? It's my format. Um, <clears throat> and there was a, a guy who kept showing up. Now, I guess he's going to make his NXT debut sometime soon. Um, he he kind of poked fun at Shinsuke Nakamura. He said, I know you've heard of Strong Style, but what about Style Strong? And then he orders all this food. And I mean, he orders a whole bunch of food. And uh, it shows like a time lapse of him eating all this food. He's eating some pizza. He's eating some ice cream. He's eating some french fries. He's, he's down in some uh, cherry Coke or whatever. This video is not sponsored I shouldn't say video. This podcast is not sponsored by Cherry Coke or any of its affiliates. Nor is it sponsored by any ice cream affiliates or anything like that. Okay. Enjoy the podcast. But anyway, he's like down in all this food and he's having a good old time. And he's like, uh, just remember, don't remember strong style. Remember Style strong. Because he's got all these weird looking jackets. And he's got. he He's like. He's like got a lot of. Style. And it, his fashion sense is very strong. I, I guess. I mean. I don't know what that has to. It's kind of like the Tyler Breeze thing. Tyler Breeze who. I mean he's he's talented. Don't get me wrong but. Tyler Breeze and Dango used to do this thing where they would come out and then they would be the fashion police and they would be like, oh my God, you can't wear blue jeans on Saturday. What's wrong with you? You animal, you know, or they would come out and be like, why are you wearing sunglasses indoors? Who does that? Or for that matter, they would just off the walls make a joke about the Wyatt family and how they look like that they're incest but it, it it starts to become extremely extremely distasteful whenever this man's eating all this food and then after that he said oh no something doesn't agree with me and then he goes to the bathroom and literally it shows him pooping like it doesn't show him pooping granted there's a there's a <clears throat> there's a stall door behind us you know like he shuts the door to the men's restroom but it's insinuated that he's pooping because they play a lot of fart noises and you know that's just that's just distasteful humor like you don't you don't do that But it was like the third vignette that it they that they have played of him, um, and the first one featuring a poop joke. So yay, everybody, poop jokes, yay! Oh, poop jokes. Oh, poopy. Oh, somebody's somebody made a stinky. <laughs> somebody made a stinky. 
So, <laughs> without me making a stinky, I'm going to try to finish out the rest of this review. But nonetheless, um, I, this whole time I haven't been giving the <laughs> the um, stars to to what it is that I'm reviewing. Holy crap. Yep. Well, I gave uh, Kyle O'Reilly and Von Wagner five out of five stars. Just let me, just let me recap. Shut up, shut up, shut up. Nobody, nobody talk. Everybody just shut up. Four and a half out of five stars for the, uh, ladies. Uh, uh, freaking, what is, what was it called? You know, the War Games match. The ladies War Games match. I gave that one four and a half out of five stars. Was absolutely beautiful. And so fun to watch. It was so um, entertaining. Okay, well, this one, there's a typo. It, I gave it three, three and a half stars out of four stars. I think I meant to put five stars. Why, why would I put four stars? I'm, these are not on a four star. I'm going to level with you guys. I might, I might have been sleepy. So anyway, um, had that been the case, I really didn't like how this next match ended. Because I was expecting to see Team Black and Gold pull off the victory. And I understand why that they didn't. It's because we have to put the the new guys over, you know? We have to take the new the n new blood, so to speak, and we have to elevate them in a way that they themselves feel like that they are the new black and gold team. But I hated every one of them. I couldn't get behind any of them, and I, I didn't know who any of them were. Whenever you're going to build a star, it takes time. It takes resources it takes it, tell me a story tell me a story without telling me a story without sitting down and telling me all of your ramblings how you are the most wanted in the wild wild west without sitting down and telling me that you were um the top 15 on Instagram, most liked. Show me what you can do in that ring, and maybe, just maybe, you will have my attention. <clears throat> uh, and, eesh, shit, shit. So, whenever this match started, um, it dawned on me when Tommaso Ciampa came out and he didn't get in the ring, when Pete Dunn came out and he didn't get in the ring, and then after that, L.A. Knight came out, <clears throat> came out, and I was expecting him to get into the ring, but this is the first time in a very very long time ladies and gentlemen ladies and gentlemen of the jury 
that I had seen Johnny Gargano. And I'm so glad that I tuned in. I got fucking hype whenever I heard that that theme music again. This can be no one else. Another day, gotta give them hell. I'm crawling straight from the dirt. This rebel heart, this rebel heart. Or maybe he says, I'm crawling straight from the dark. I'm crawling straight from the dark. This rebel heart, this rebel heart. So hopefully you guys enjoyed that. But I also had a question, small nitpick here. Um, Why is Pete Dunne not in NXT UK? Isn't that where he's at? Isn't that like... Like, he's... British, right? So, doesn't it make sense for him to be over on NXT UK with Tony Storm? And Which, it was surprising that Tony Storm didn't show up. And I mean, she's a main eventer. Why, why wasn't she on here? You know, like she could have taken Raquel's a spot, in my opinion, because Raquel, I don't know how to feel about her yet. Anyway, back to what I was saying. L.A. Knight with a huge avalanche belly-to-belly suplex. I put that it was beautiful and almost out of midair, which it was. It was... Gorgeous. Uh, on to Grayson Wal- Waller. Yeah, I don't know why I put Walker. His last name is Waller. Um, yes, DIY. DIY had some highlights in this match, didn't they? Um, freaking had a huge rally too, man. That was amazing to watch um DIY basically close the gap between um everyone. They had them pretty much cornered. They it was like four on two and um I mean just back to classic DIY cuz Gargano and uh Champa had everybody in a corner and then they was just taking turns just kneeing them in the face just left and right just back and forth almost like that they were they were human pinballs of some sort and it was off the fucking chain excuse my language ladies and gentlemen but uh it was just a huge i mean a just a beautiful beautiful rally but it got shut down really fast which sucks too because i was hoping to see more kip-ups more clotheslines more ddts more suplexes more elbow drops more headlocks you know i was hoping to see the whole nine yards more leapfrogs just professional wrestling at its finest and none of that sports entertainment nonsense like they're telling a story Without telling me a story. They never once opened their mouth and told me the story. I get to watch it. I get to um, witness it. And I get to basically say, man, that was a great story. Almost like the Staples guy um, walking through Staples. I don't know what happened to Staples. But this video is not sponsored by Staples. 
but the Staples guy, um, this podcast, not video, this podcast is not sponsored by Staples. Get all your office supplies at staples.com. Okay, it's not sponsored by Staples. But the Staples guy, he would just walk through the lines and then he would say, Wow, that's a low price. And then he would press the easy button. Anyway, back to what I was saying. That that rally was freaking awesome. Uh, Champa also Champa also hits a um a avalanche white noise onto a trash can onto Grayson Waller. And he only gets a um <clears throat> he only gets a near fall, unfortunately. My cat's trying to steal my corn dog again. I'm warning you right now. But anyway. The whole point of this was basically just to just to make the uh, Team 2.0 seem like that they were, and they are, I mean, they're the next generation. It would make no sense, honestly, and I, it sucks to say this, but coming from a storyline perspective, to have DIY and um, um, Team Black and Gold, Pete Dunne, uh, Tommaso Ciampa, Johnny Gargano, LA Knight, it would make no sense for them to win. Because there would be no extra story there. You know, it would just be Team Black and Gold winning. And as nostalgic as that is, um, it's it's not story-wise. It, it doesn't make much sense. It, anyway... I don't know how else to put it. Grayson uh, Waller with a huge elbow from the uh, from the top of the cage onto a table onto L.A. Knight. It was beautiful. It was quite uh, captivating to see that. That was the second spot that I'd seen from the top of the cage that night, and it was done on the same spot. Like, whenever I say spot and spot, you know, like, I'm not spelling it differently. It was done in the same position. Like, they didn't change position. It was done on the same um, aisle, the same row. Holy crap. The top of the cage on the same top of the cage, you know. <clears throat> um other than that Waller pretty much got his my cat trying to steal my corn dog again do apologize for that uh Waller pretty much got his comeuppance whenever uh Pete Dunn got done with his fingers cuz all throughout the match Pete Dunn just kept hammering his fingers with various objects and for that matter through this 
through the cage, too. Yeah, uh, and here's how it ends, basically, is, um, the, Team DIY, Black and Gold, trying to, trying to basically rally one last time, but they get shut down really easy. I shouldn't say really easy, because it looks like that they're about to rally again whenever all of a sudden, Braun Break, Braun Breaker comes out of nowhere and sets in motion a horrific, and I mean like a car wreck, a car wreck uh, scene, if you will. Braun Breaker just comes out of nowhere and basically just levels Tommaso Ciampa through a table and uh, ends up getting the uh, victory for his team. And I gave it uh, three out of five stars because I didn't want to see it in like that. You know, like for real, for real, what I wanted to see end or how I wanted to see it end was Tommaso Ciampa, Johnny Gargano, Pete Dunne and L.A. Knight pulling through Team Black and Gold for the win. You know, that's what I wanted to see happen. And that's just my nostalgia talking. This is me rating a match. And this has been the Gut Wrench Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, you have a good night. And um, that's a wrap. I would explain it a little bit more. Like, I didn't want to see it in that way. But I feel as though that I've already explained it in minute detail i would just hate to say hey you know what oh well nothing you can do about it close the book and then just say that's that's life you know but unfortunately that is life by the way ladies and gentlemen i will be selling a book soon um i'm working on it right now um you'll stick with me through the 2022 year through the year 2022 I will also have more uh, YouTube videos, more uh, tweets. Uh, follow me on Instagram at mocha underscore CPR. There's also a Discord um, coming soon. Lots of uh, lots of content to come your way, as well as uh, next week we'll be here. Right around the same time, if not sooner, because it's it's 9 o'clock, and I planned on having this done a little bit after, or I'm sorry, a little bit before 9 o'clock today. But nonetheless, everything's fine, it's all good, it's all okay, I'd like to bid you all a good night, a happy holidays, and for that matter... Sweet dreams. And that's a wrap.